the experiences. Like I always like to quote, to acquire knowledge, we have to study, but to acquire wisdom, we have to observe. And if you like to observe humanity, then there's no better place, I would say, than the NEARA to observe all the intricacies and complexity of humanity. Um, I can't plan to keep collaborating and advocating for the things I believe in and also um, keeping an open mind and to realize that a belief can change with enough new information and seek out partnerships, spread positive affirmation, and to work really hard to expand, expand the inclusive and supportive network that we have growing in Oregon. I really feel strongly that there's something on the tide, like we're building something really special here in Oregon in our educator community, and I hope to continue to see that you know, grow and become more inclusive and supportive because everybody needs that, I believe. So I'd have to say that the most important thing that I learned uh, is something that if enough teachers and nurses follow through, uh, we could have a blue wave election because the fact is um, they, we have a political party in this country that is not interested in providing what students need to learn, what teachers need to teach, et cetera. And what we found out is that teachers and nurses are the most trusted people in the country. So if we could get enough teachers and nurses to be trained in what's called deep canvassing, where instead of just knocking on doors of people that are already likely to support your position, you knock on doors of people that haven't voted in the last three presidential elections and listen to their concerns and frustrations about what's going on in the country until they're ready to listen to your ideas for how that can change. And so there's a whole, in many elections, did not vote is the majority. Uh, and if we can turn those people, we can have a country that works for all of our students and all working people, uh, thanks to the power of unions. What a fabulous thought to end on. Thank you so much, Greg. And thank you, Nils and Lisa, for joining us on KBU. Thanks to Jamie Partridge for helping us convert this to a radio-ready file. Thank you, audience, for tuning in tonight. Thank you, Stephen. This is Rachel. Rachel, and thank you, guests. So excited to be with you. Yeah, this thank you, Rachel, Stephen, Greg, and Lisa. A pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to Labor Radio. Tune in next Monday and every Monday at six to catch another Labor Radio show. Baby, you understand me now. If sometimes you see that I'm mad Don't you know no one alive can always be an angel Hi, greetings and welcome to Prison Pipeline, airing from the studios of KBOO Portland. I'm your host, Adam Carpinelli. Prison Pipeline presents a unique perspective of the criminal justice system addressing the root causes of crime and broadening understanding of the institution of incarceration 
And today we are here with Bo Brinson. How you doing? Man, I'm doing better than I deserve. That's for sure. <laughs> well, well, we appreciate you being with us today. And um, can you tell us about how you got involved with all this great community work that you've been doing? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for asking. Um, yeah, so I got involved because there was about 12 or so years that I spent in active addiction. And then because of that, I ended up going to prison a few times, you know, to try to support the habit. But since all those things happened, what I did is now I'm a certified peer wellness specialist for, and I do peer support for Brown Hope, which I'm very proud of. Also work for Portland Open Bible Community Pantry. That way I can help give back to the community when it comes to food and things like that. Because, you know, somebody like me uh, that has that lived experience, that's really important that I'm able to help give back that way. And while I was in prison for those five years, um, I was also a co-founder for a recovery fellowship called Criminon, the Criminals Anonymous Fellowship. And that's you know made up of men, women, children, youth, and survivors that are dedicated to living and supporting a crime-free lifestyle. So that way I, you know, I can kind of give back and help with the ripple effect from criminality. Also involved in a couple boards. Um, so that way I have a voice in the community. And one of those is the Clackamas County Mental Health and Addictions Council. And then another one that I'm on is a board with Cascadia Behavioral Healthcare and Brown Hope, and then also STERI, which is supporting transgender immigrant refugee youth. Um, and I'm a very active member at my church, which is Portland Open Bible Church. So yeah, I just do kind of what I can to, you know, be a vessel that shows people that there's a way out of it if you put in the work, you know? Right. Well, it sounds like it's been a journey with all, all these things you've been involved with. So, um, and, and, and there's a lot to unpack there. So maybe we want to take it back to, you know, maybe the, the root of, of what happened first or how, you, how do you plug into all these things? You know, it's, it's a lot of different projects. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great question. So the first one is uh, Brown Hope. I work, you know, specifically with a program called Power Hour, and it's a weekly Zoom meeting. Right now, we're going to be going back to in-person. I'm really looking forward to that at the end of the month, but Power Hour is a place that's designed for Black, Brown, and Indigenous folks, you know what I mean, that are, it's a place for community, you know what I mean? So it's a place that you know, we can all come together and like I said, build that community. And it's a, like I said, a virtual platform for right now, but we are going back to in-person at the end of the month. But the cool thing about Power Hour is everyone, every attendee that comes gets a $35 reparation for attending the two hour Zoom meeting. So it's a cool way. I mean, even if it's just that, that gets people into the meeting, um, the community and the fellowship and, you know, the information that's learned uh, within that, uh, two hour Zoom meeting is, I mean, just really epic. And so um, I got into this because Brown Hope is a racial justice organization that are, you know, we're really out just trying to do, you know, what we can for uh, healing, you know, fostering healing for our community. And so I've been through a lot of adversities uh, because of my skin complexion, you know, and being around, you know, different kinds of people. It really, uh, I made a lot of poor choices in my past, but, you know, also with that, you know, I gained a lot of knowledge and uh, things that I can use today with my lived experience to, you know, to support folks. 
And Brown Hope has a lot of different projects too. Do you want to talk about what some of those other ones look like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Brown Hope, we have, let's see, we have, we have six different uh, programs. We have the most known one that people know, which is the Black Resilience Fund. If anybody's familiar with that, you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity to get financial support. So we have Black Resilience Fund, we have Power Hour, we have Solidarity Squad, we have Black Street Bakery, we have Equity and Beyond, and we have healing initiatives. So those are the programs that we have inside of Brown Hope. And if you're, you know, black, brown, or indigenous, and you want any kind of support, whether it be food, clothes, hygiene, you know, finding someone that can help connect you with resources, then Brown Hope is the way to go. So um, yeah, like I said, Power Hour is the the main one that I work with, but um, Solidarity Squad is another program inside of Brown Hope. and. We have a wonderful person. Her name is Onisha. She runs Solidarity Squad, and it's a place that you can come. We have a giant warehouse that's, we've got a bunch of stuff, you know, diapers, clothes, just any kind of stuff that you may need. And we also have, a, you know, apartment startup kits, you know what I mean, where it has like dishes and, uh, you know, basically all the main things that you'll need if you're just starting at getting into your own place. So I think that that's a really cool program. And then our uh, Black Street Bakery is a is a vegan bakery, black owned. You know we you know that's our program, and we have a wonderful person named Alani that that runs Black Street Bakery. We just had a pop up this last Saturday, and then we have another one called Healing Initiatives, which is trauma informed program where you know we do our best to make sure that our staff is trauma informed and also being in the community dealing with the things that our organization and our CEO, Cameron Witten, has been through. You know what I mean? We want to do our best to uh, to foster healing and ways that we could help create spaces for folks to come together and feel a sense of belonging and acceptance. And yeah, just those those things that, that give us that community that, that we need, you know? And folks should check that out at our website is brownhope.org. And then if you want to go into there, you can just hover over programs. That'll show you the programs that we have. And then, um, you know, in our about section, that'll show everything that we talk about. It'll show our story, who we are, who we have on staff, what our mission and our vision is. And uh, it's got our 12 principles of hope, our theory of change. And also something that's very, very important is the land acknowledgement. Uh, because we are standing on occupied territory. So, um, yeah, yeah, brownhope.org. Holla at us. <laughs> so, again, that's among the other, you know, 10, 10 organizations that you're in. So, and we can always get back to, to Brown Hope, too. But um, there's so many other things that you're doing um, also with the uh, with the fund as well. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So, yeah, Portland Open Bible Community Pantry, we're located on 92nd and Powell. Uh, 3223 Southeast 92nd Avenue, and that's right there in the heart kind of the flats. And so what we do and what I do specifically is I go and do pickups at different organizations like um, Safeway, Target, Trader Joe's, uh, Fubon, um, you know, different places like that that donate to our pantry. And, you know, we get to give this stuff to the community and people that want it and need it. And we serve over 4,000 people a month. And, 
like I said, we're just right there on 92nd and Powell and our website is pobcpantry.com. Um, and you can go on there and you can kind of check out what we do, but we have a walk-up pantry. Um, we have a drive-up pantry where you can order your food online and then you can pull into the pantry and then our pantry workers will come out and bring the food out to your trunk or to your backseat or whatever. And then we have a free food market that we do on the second Wednesday of every month where you can just come down to the pantry and then just kind of shop, you know what I mean? Get whatever you want. And then we also are, we started up a, a delivery system where you can order the stuff that you want online and then we'll deliver it to your house to make it as easy as possible. So we just wanna do what we can because obviously everyone needs to eat and we make sure that we get healthy items, you know, um, you know, fruits and vegetables and things that are good for you because we know that having, you know, healthy and good food that go into your body is gonna uh, foster healing inside of us internally as well. So we make sure that that's something really important that we take a look at when we're going out and doing our pickups. Um, and we work with Birch Community Services, which is off 181st and San Rafael. And they have like, it's like Costco, you know what I mean? But all the stuff, like we pay a one month, once a month amount, and then we can shop uh, four times a month, which is once a week. And the stuff that we get from there, I mean, like it's a huge place and they've got just like a plethora of stuff. And so we have specific people that we go and shop there and then they get the stuff and bring it back to the pantry and then we weigh it and put it put it away and then the, on Tuesdays our walk-up pantry is from four to seven and then on Thursdays our walk-up pantry is from 11 to one and then our free food market on the second Wednesday of every month is from 10 to two. So um, we also with the pantry we partner with uh, Portland Street Response Team and we go and do vaccine event slash resource event. So we'll have about 20 to 30 different organizations there that you know range from Care Oregon all the way over to Saints PDX. Um, there's people that, that are there that does haircuts. There's people that uh, Northwest Instituto Latino, they hand out harm reduction kits. And then we got Cascadia Behavioral Healthcare that hand out sleeping bags and tents. And then us as the pantry, we hand out food boxes and Brown Hope, we hand out these flyers right here for Power Hour because uh, anyone that comes to Power Hour, like I said, you get a $35 and we cash app it to you. You know what I mean? We try to make it as simple as possible. You know what I mean? Just to, just to do what we can to have our presence in the community because, you know, being somebody with the lived experience that I had and the, you know, the negative thoughts and all the, all those years in prison and you know in the addiction you know like i i had didn't really think that there was a you know a way out for me you know but i found that route and uh being affiliated and associated with these different organizations gives me a chance to show other people that it's possible well you're able to bring together like all these different groups so i notice you know you talk about one project but then it's you know kind of related to the other in the way that you know they're supporting each other and participating in similar things. So how, how did things like that come, come about? I mean, how does that something like that come together? That is a lot of 
a lot of bandwidth, you know, for, for people, you know, is, is one thing because obviously, you know, not one person is doing it all, but, you know, somebody has to bring it together and then all the heavy lifting too at these events. So how do, how do these things kind of connect, you know, um, what, what's the background like on, on that particular project? Yeah, that's a really great question. Thank you so much for asking that. So like I said, we partner with Street Response Team and Haika Mushi, which is the person with Street Response that I uh, connect with. And also um, the my supervisor, his name is Aaron Brown uh, for the pantry. You know, we, we meet um, like once a month and we go out to lunch and we brainstorm ways with each one of our different experiences, you know, are able to collaborate and come up and brainstorm ideas that are going to be the most beneficial for the community because the community's best interest is at our heart. So um, being able to partner with these other people that really care a lot about the community like I do, you know, we sit and we, you know, talk about the different organizations, different contacts that we have, uh, services that they offer, and seeing if it's going to be beneficial for the targeted community that we're looking out for. And right now, it is uh, people that are experiencing houselessness. Um, as you know, there's a lot of people that are, um, that are out. There's youth that are out there um, experiencing houselessness. And then there's, um, you know, vets and, you know, just different types of people. So uh, what we do is we come together as a collective and talk about different ways that it's going to be most beneficial for each community that we're looking to serve. So yeah, there's, there's a decent amount of people on there. Um, and then also I'm on a board with Cascadia. So I know that Kim James, she's a part of their street outreach. Um, she's been a, a pillar in this. And also someone, uh, her name is Pari. Uh, she's with STERI, which is an acronym for uh, Supporting Transgender Immigrant Refugee Youth. Um, it's an organization that, you know, that's out there just, you know, supporting. So we get together and have these meetings and then we talk about what the logistics of it are and days and times and locations that are going to be easily accessible for the community. Uh, we definitely don't want to go out to, <laughs> you know, uh, Hillsboro if we're trying to target people that are in the flats, you know what I mean, and things like that. So we just do our best to make sure that we plan accordingly. And also we put out flyers, you know what I mean? We put out flyers for this, uh, for these events. And yeah, it's a great way to uh, to get the word out. Right on, folks. Just tuning in, you're listening to Prison Pipeline, airing from the studios of KBO Portland. We're here with Bo Brinson with Brown Hope and uh, many other projects and talking about this, really this intersection between uh, houselessness and mass incarceration and addiction and recovery and all the other, you know, isms and schisms of the society and uh, and we're, we're we're working on it with all these different projects in the community. So, um, what what are some other things that we have, we didn't get to cover yet so far among the the you know ten projects that you're in? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So um, another one that really uh, resonates with me is um, the Insight Alliance. You know, they came into uh, Columbia River when I was in prison there, um, and they have a wonderful. Um, program that they do that, you know, kind of shows people about different ways about your, you know, thinking, you know, and, and it's kind of like an unlearning type situation. And then um, there is another organization called Women First, 
and Shannon Olive is the uh, executive director out there and they work directly with uh, women that are coming out of Coffee Creek and that are actually still working with the women that are in Coffee Creek so they can have a seamless transition as they get out of prison because they're just, you know, sticking whoever in prison for, you know, these minor things that, you know, are they're just filling them up for whatever their reason is. And I'm sure that it's money. You know, uh, I've heard that, you know, prison is like the biggest business in the States um, and they make a ton of money off of us, um, which isn't fair to us. So, yeah, I, I, I get together with, um, you know, I do work at Miracles Club uh, with uh, Sonia Cameron. She's a CRM there. And then I get to also work with Bear, which is the president of the Criminals Anonymous Fellowship and Zane. Uh, Macheski also, you know what I mean? Like we're, we each bring something different to the table when it comes to the, the Criminon Fellowship. You know what I mean? Because as we all know, you know, the, the people that are affiliated with Criminon, like we all started at a very young age uh, committing crimes and then it all, it drained all the way up, you know, to the ages that we are now. Um, and so what our fellowship is about is addressing the youth and people, anybody really in that case, that are committing crimes and trying to support them and not committing crimes and living a lifestyle where, you know, it it's fruitful, you know, it's fruitful now, you know, and I just try to be involved, especially people that are transitioning out of prison. Um, I had a mentor, his name is Anthony. Uh, he worked for Bridges to Change. Um, and he was uh, someone that was a really big pillar in my recovery and someone that was really supportive when I just got out of prison on July 8th of 2019. So yeah, since July 8th of 2019, you know, I've made it my quest to uh, try to support people as they're getting out and also to help prevent people from going in. You know what I mean? And, and show them a way and a different route than the route that they're on. Yeah, can you talk more about the fellowship? What are the nuts and bolts of it? And how did it come about? So how did people find out about it? Or, and, and yeah, what, what's the process there? So um, right now, if you go to criminon.org, um, you can go to our website. Um, we have different, you know, it kind of tells you what we're about. Um, who we are and you know we have different meetings that are in the area we have meetings in Multnomah County Clackamas County Washington County and Columbia County um, and we're recognized in all those uh, different counties we have a legal services expungement clinic that the Criminals Anonymous Fellowship offers and so if you go to our website you can get a free expungement or like eviction record analysis so that way you can see what things are up for expungement. And then also you can see how far out um, and like what specific day that you can actually get those, you know, convictions, misdemeanor or felony expunged, because there's a lot of people out there that don't know where they stand. So expungement of criminal records and records of evictions is widely available under Oregon law. And a lot of people don't know because there's fewer than 2% of eligible people that do actually follow through. So there's some, um, there's some people that are uh, dedicated to help. Um, one of them that I know, his name is Michael Zhang. And you know what I mean? If you go to this uh, website and check us out, then you'll, you'll see what we're about. And we have our own like steps and precepts. So what Criminon is about is we're not about taking away from AA or NA or any of the other 
fellowships, we want to add to. We want to we want to help be another source that people can use to uh, you know to get better. And you know what we are is you know we're people that have suffered from a problem or a compulsion or an addiction to crime, the criminal lifestyle, and the self-image. You know, and so out of our cry for freedom and meaning in our lives, we created Criminals Anonymous. And so, you know what I mean? We invite you to support our mission um, by going to our website. We also have a Facebook group. Uh, it's Criminals Anonymous Fellowship. You can check us out. And then uh, criminon.org is uh, Criminon's website. And we, uh, yeah, we're just a, a really fun bunch, you know? And uh, like I said, what we try to do is try to help alleviate that ripple effect from the criminal lifestyle. These places have to pay a lot of extra money uh, for security and, you know, cameras and all that stuff just, you know, because of the addiction and trying to support it. So, yeah, we just try to do what we can to help other people on their journey. That's another great project. And um, and then you, you also sit on a couple different boards too. So I'm not sure if we didn't get to address any of those as well. Yeah, thank you so much for, uh, for bringing that up. So um, I sit on the Clackamas County's Mental Health and Addictions Council. And so uh, we meet once a month to talk about things that are going on in, in that specific county. Um, like when it comes to um, housing, uh, addiction and recovery services and um, different different ways that we can talk about to you know to help with the um, with the addiction. Um, I sit on another one with uh, Cascadia Behavioral Health and STERI, which is um, the acronym that I aforementioned. And so what we do is uh, right now we're we have a survey that we put together with our board, and so anyone that wants to participate. I can give you my email, which is just bo at brownhope.org and bo is spelled just B-O. But if you send me an email, um, I can link up with you and I can give you the survey because um, the survey is probably takes about 15 minutes and uh, we're giving everyone a $50 Visa gift card for, um, for participating. And then we're gonna be doing a learning circle uh, coming up before the end of the month. And that's gonna be a $100 um, Visa gift card. That's just a great uh, a great thing to give to the community because I know even speaking for myself, you know, money is a way for people to listen. Um, and then if you, you know, talk about money, then people will listen. And what we need, what's most important is your opinion on what the housing insecurities are, uh, barriers that you may have faced or are facing that are preventing you from getting into equitable housing. You know what I mean? So like this survey is really built around that. And so OHA has allocated $100 million to try to get these services figured out. And so what our board is to do with Cascadia, Brown, Hope, and Steery is to get the, the feedback from the community and see what actually works. Because it's one thing when someone like a politician or something says, oh, well, this will work or this will work or this will work man, they don't know. They ain't never been through it. They haven't been on the streets. They haven't like lived in a tent. They haven't had a needle in their arm. You know what I mean? So they don't really know. So the people that we want to hear from are the people that have those struggles. You got, you know, four kids or you got a pet or, you know, whatever it may be, whatever kind of barrier it is, we want to talk about that and we want to get your feedback. So that way we could help make something happen. So yeah, that's probably one of the most important, um, you know, boards that I'm on right now. 
And so we had an event last Thursday at Dawson Park, and we were able to get about 30 surveys done. We're doing another event this Thursday at Gateway Discovery Park, which is on 106th and Halsey. Uh, we'll be doing the surveys there. Uh, we'll be doing vaccines there. If you want to get vax, they got boosters, all that. Um, and then there's going to be food and there's going to be like all kinds of different resources. I'll be there. So feel free to come, you know, tap in, say what's up. And then we're going to be doing another one on the 26th of this month at Gateway Discovery Park as well. Um, and there's going to be even more resources there because if I get anyone to come and uh, reach out to me and tap in and try to see what you can do to help or give back to the community, I'm open to that too. Um, because like you said, like the most important part is, or another important part is hearing from the community and getting your feedback and your suggestions and things that you think would help as well. Um, because there's things that we might not know and that's okay. You know, and that's what we have these platforms for. And what I'm very grateful for is being able to be a part of this and being able to put this out there so people can, can help, you know, we need your help. So bo at brownhope.org. That's my email address. Feel free to reach out. And I'm really good at communicating back. So if you send me an email, I'll get back to you within 24 hours. And yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing from y'all. Right on. What's what's the future uh, bring? You know, with all yeah. these projects, any anything uh, you know up and coming, or what's the you know? Obviously, there's a vision here. So, probably my my most ultimate goal is I am a follower of Christ. You know, that's really important to me, and that has that has helped save me. That has saved me from beating myself up, from you know what I mean, from pulling myself down into the demons that float around in my head. You know what I mean? Our church is located on 92nd and Powell um, and our service is from 1030 to 12. And so what my goal is, is to be a light to someone else on their journey, whatever that may look like. And so by my lived experience and the things that I put myself through and also the things that I have been through, you know, I found a way out. And so what I can do is I could support people and help them see things that they don't see. I have a peer support and something that they always did was encourage me to be better. Um, they never tell me, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that, nor will I do. You know what I mean? I just wanna support people on their journey because everybody's journey is gonna look different. And so I just wanna be a beacon of light to people that are in the darkness. You know what I mean? Because it's hard. It's hard to see if, if you're in active addiction right now, like you may feel like there's no way out. You may feel like there's no hope. You may feel like nobody loves you or that your family gave up on you or you burnt every bridge or whatever. You may feel that way. But with just a little glimmer of hope from somebody who really does care about you and doesn't want anything from you, it's important to hear those things. And it's important to see somebody that has been through that, that has been in the this dark abyss and that has found a way out. And I didn't do it by myself. I have a huge team of people that help me. I have three different counselors <laughs> or therapists, you know what I mean? Because it took a lot of years and there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of trauma that's built up in me. And so I'm working on it now. And so I just wanna, I just wanna be there to help people find resources so they can get the help that they need, whatever that help may look like, and then it can help them be better, you know, because everybody deserves to live a beautiful, flourishing life. 
you just have to find the path. Right on. Well, thanks so much for bringing the light and, and being with us. And you have been listening to Prison Pipeline, airing from the studios of KBO Portland. Listen to this and previous Prison Pipeline programs at kbo.fm slash prison pipeline. Like Prison Pipeline.